Staying at a hotel is not the same thing as staying at the Fisher House. The Fisher House, I know, is a huge part of land recovery. For somebody like my husband, for them to know that their family members are being taken care of, that's a huge burden off of them. So they can concentrate on their therapies. Just having that assurance that no matter what, as long as we were there for Anson, that someone would be there to take care of us. It took so much weight off our shoulders. How can you help? Go to fisherhouse.org. Man, oh man. What? What a week. What a couple weeks in a row. Uh, it is the My Day Friday podcast. I'm Carla Marie. My name is Anthony. And we will be your escape. Not really. We'll be your routine, like listening to us, but we can't really help you escape this chaos because we're in it. Yeah. We're, I mean, very soon. I think right now Washington still has the most cases of the coronavirus. By the way, it is Friday, March 13th, 2020. Yeah. If you're in the future and the population has been reinstated and you're listening to us, we used to host a morning show in Seattle. The population has been reinstated. What does that even mean? Like we put everybody aside and froze them and they came back. What? <laughs> That's what's going to happen. They're going to freeze a lot of people to save them right now. Oh, Lord. The weekly podcast that started it all. They just wanted to have fun as they dreamt of one day having their own morning show. And now they do. But the tradition continues every Friday. My Day Friday with Carla Marie and Anthony. Available worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Kick off your weekend with Carla Marie and Anthony. Okay, so Carla Marie, first off, we do have that morning show. How funny is that, the little mm-hmm. intro? Mm-hmm. We did want to have a morning show, and now we do have a morning show. Um, so I'm interested now, Carla Marie. Yeah. What else do you so, think is going to be the emergency reaction to the coronavirus? Because we can go back now. Like, once we record this and then hopefully live a, a little while longer, we can then go back and see if you are right. Well, you so know they're what? Freeze, us, we so they're going to freeze humans. Okay, so <laughs> there was a TV show called Wayward Pines on Fox. Okay. And I'm probably going to spoil it by telling you what happens. But, like, you're watching this TV show and there's, like, creepy things happening in this town. It's like everyone lives in Pleasantville. And... Oh, yeah, it wasn't... Uh, oh, man. I can, I'm picturing the actor. So everyone lives in this town where things are, like, so perfect. And then at some point, like, like if you do anything wrong in this town, you get, like, murdered immediately, like, killed in front of everyone. And If you do anything wrong. Like, there's certain rules. The town has, like, weird rules. Like, there's no internet or there's, like, certain shows. It's very Truman Show. Okay. But the whole town doesn't know what's happening. So, like, Pleasantville plus the Truman Show. Yeah. So it's kind of creepy. And then kids, like, this things, people start noticing things and once you start noticing things you get killed like if you go out in the woods and you're like this is weird why is this here and then you come to find out that they are living in like this bubble world and everyone starts getting flashbacks of their lives before and their lives before like they lived in the world we live today and at this time people were like kidnapped by the government and put in this world and you're like oh my god the government's terrible why are they doing this test on people you find out the world ended as we know it and they did all this. And to this save, is like a new world. Yeah, to save humans in this and like this like petri dish of a of a town. And, and those still, are the only people remaining in the whole world. Yeah, and then something's like happening because then there's like um, aboriginals, which are the pe- like what happened to people because the end of the world happened, and the people that were left on the other side of this town, and they turn into like these crazy, scary mom- monsters. Um, you are honestly one of the worst uh, movie or TV reviewers I think I've ever heard in my life. So anyway, that's what happens. So like all of us who don't make it into the new town, we're going to turn into crazy zombies and try to get into the new town. And they're like, make scary noise. Like, ah. okay, well, I think it's safe to say that's not what's going to happen. My doctor just texted me and said, have you seen the movie Contagion? That's probably not good. No, but I was actually thinking to myself, so pandemic, 
is on Netflix. That's uh, And I remember, you know what's funny? I remember in early 2020, so maybe January, when the coronavirus news started coming over from, yeah, from China. Yeah, pandemic. And I remember Elvis, Elvis Duran from Elvis Duran on the Morning Show, saying he heard some rumor that the producers of Pandemic and Netflix actually sped up the production process because they saw that this thing, so Pandemic is about what happens when something series. like this happens. Um, and I guess they sped up the production because they saw that the coronavirus was becoming a thing, and they're like, well, we may as well Capitalize. put this out there. There's a doctor in that show. Uh, I can't remember her name. She's so pretty. I think she may be. The New York being, doctor? Yeah. Yeah. She studies. She teaches people what to do during an outbreak, like uh, doctors. She's been on the real mm-hmm. news now. So it's like I watched yeah. her in this documentary, and now it's like seeing her on CNN and stuff talking about it. It's crazy. A lot of the people, a couple people, I think three or four that I've seen on. I only watched one episode of Pandemic. I didn't even know it was a series. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen them on like NBC and CNN and, and Fox and all those stations. Um where was I going with this? Oh, so I watched that, but there's also Outbreak, which had the monkey from Friends. Yeah. Um, Contagion. I Am Legend is also about a virus that wipes out people, but it actually does turn them into zombies. Could you imagine so that? It's less like, of a medical thing and more of a well, sci-fi movie. We don't know what these side effects are going to be. What well, if in a year- died, Carla No, Murray. the ones who live- Oh, oh. You turn into a zombie. No. No, that's not true. Because people are living with it now. But you know what's interesting, and I don't want to talk about the. We've talked about the coronavirus at nauseum. Which sometimes when yeah. news stories happen and we start talking about them, sometimes we get sick of them. But then I realized, any conversation you have today, like any group chat I have, mm-hmm. any conversation oh. I have, I don't have a lot of in-person conversations anymore because I just go from the studio to correct my apartment. But every conversation is about the coronavirus. It is weird, and. It- it's bizarre to see how much has taken how much it takes over our lives. Yeah. And all I've gone all I've done is go home and watch the news. And partially it's because I really do want to be informed. Of course. Um and because if we're talking about it on the air and I'm doing the headlines, I need to know what I'm talking about. It's not like it's just Katy Perry got pregnant. Yeah. It's, this is something serious. It is something that is affecting everyone. There's science behind it. It's medical. So I need to know what I'm talking about. So and I, here in Washington, sorry to cut you up, but here yeah. in Washington, people have also lost their lives. A lot. And so I dove into it. Which also it gets to a point where you it becomes like this. I forget what the word is, but like you, it's like watching a really good movie, honestly. And you're like, oh, what's next? What are they gonna say? Oh, like next? you're hooked you're on like, it. Like you really are, and it's like not not fantasizing news. Like it's something. There is a word, not sensational, because they're not over sensational. Like it's not that, but it's something when you're watching the news so much because it's like a movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm at that point, and I can't turn it off because I'm like, well, what am I missing? Well, I think. One of the reasons people are so fascinated is... Maybe it's fascination. What's the word I was looking for? I think one of the reasons we are so fascinated with the coronavirus, COVID-19, mm-hmm. is this is one of the few news stories that I can think of now where at this point we have never seen this before. Mm-hmm. I know that over 100 years ago, or just about 100 years ago, there was a flu that wiped out like hundreds of thousands of people. We weren't alive for that. And but the, in our and lifetime. The, and media wasn't what it is now, obviously. So... Yeah, we had swine flu, and that was big news for, what, a month? Mm-hmm. We had um, Ebola. That was big news for a little bit, but I think there were, like, two cases in America. So I think the fact—and we never got to this point where everything is being shut down. And, like, I mean, it is, uh, it's 10.50 here on the West Coast. I forgot mm-hmm. where we were for a second. Mm-hmm. I and almost a, said East Coast, too. And a, I believe at noon our time, 3 p.m. Eastern, the president is uh, rumored to be calling a national emergency. So, like, we'll all have the same rules at some point for the most part. 
And I think that's why when you talk about political news, like people, I think sometimes, you know, you kind of know the story, right? This side hates this side, this side hates that side. Everyone yells about it. You know how news covers politics. You know, unfortunately, how news covers mass shootings or terrorist activity. This is something that's dramatic and we don't know how this plays out at, at the end. I was watching CNN yesterday and I didn't know how to react to this or how to, I actually was going to text Elvis and ask him. Mm-hmm. Chris Cuomo, CNN. He is that is, the governor or the anchor? Which one's the governor? Which one's the anchor? The Andrew C- Cuomo is the governor of New York. Okay. His brother is an anchor on CNN. Mm-hmm. Chris Cuomo. Big fan of Chris Cuomo. But he said. <laughs> well, you let, you think he's hot. Yeah. He said the last time, he said the way it feels at their studio now and the way it feels when you go outside is what it felt like after 9-11. And he said, obviously, very different circumstances, he says. But the overall way, the sense of how it kind of feels, that's the only thing he can relate it to. And he said, the difference is we can prevent what's happening and what's coming. 9-11, it was an aftermath. Yeah, I think the other big difference is, I'd say a week after 9-11, like, yeah, the world still was going to change a lot. Mm -hmm. But the week after 9-11, you stopped kind of wondering when the next attack was going to be. Because I I remember the first two days... Mm -hmm. People are like, are they going to attack something yeah, in Boston we or L.A. or whatever? I think what's scary about this is we still don't know how bad it's going to get or when it's going to end, when it's going to start coming down. We don't know any of that. Um, but we do. We should have the same sense of unity and looking out for one mm-hmm. another. The difference is looking out for one another today yeah. means staying home. staying home. I was just talking to our boss, Robert Dove. Who has, uh, I think he said his dad is like 85, 86 years old. He's had a heart surgery. Ooh. And he told, he goes, I had to have the conversation with my parents. I love you. I miss you. But I am not visiting until this is all done. Yeah. Because what if, because Robert, yeah, he's probably upper 50s or something. But he's a healthy guy. Mm-hmm. He goes, he's probably fitter, more fit than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so what if he takes something to his father and the worst happens? So I think that the team building, looking out for one another thing to do is to stay by yourself as much as you can. And I've been obviously the same thing. Like I've been yelling at my family to stay out of my parents' house. Because your mom, and people on the podcast, I don't think anyone really knows what your mom's going through. No, we haven't talked about this anywhere. I found out last Friday that my mom needs to get open heart surgery. So next Friday, she will be going in for surgery as of now Mm -hmm. um, because the hospitals could, because it's, it's open heart surgery, but it's not like it's an emergency. So they could say, well, hey, we need to push this back. Um, she's going in for surgery to get a bypass done on four, or it's a quadruple bypass. So there a bunch of things are being done. Yeah. So I right away, I was like, I'm going to go home. And I was like, great, flights are cheap. This is easy. I'm going to go to New Jersey. Like that thought came in my head. And I was like, I can do the show from New York. Oh my God, I can't go home. Yeah. Well, you can't you can't fly from the, epi- the United States epicenter of the coronavirus mm-hmm. to one or three of the airports that have some of the most international travel in the world. And I was like, this sucks. Yeah. And, I, and I cried to my mom about that. And she's like, don't worry about it. She's like, as much as I obviously, I'm not going to tell you, I don't want you here, mm. but there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And it is funny when you think about like, yeah, I, cause I agree with you. If my mom or my dad was having a huge surgery, I would also want to be there. Right. Because we love our families. And, and when you're around people that you love from the patient's perspective, it helps you. But at the end of the day, we don't do anything. No. Like you're, we're lucky enough where we have big enough families where your sisters, if your mom needs something, can help. But like, well, what are you gonna do? Here's the the scary part, and I I'm not bringing this up to my mom yet, but I've talked to my rest of my family, and I know my mom's not gonna listen. A lot of hospitals are 
doing no visitors. Yeah. And I don't know what that means for someone waking up in ICU. Like, if my my mom isn't going to do the surgery, if she knows she's going to wake up and no one can be there, mm. she won't go through with it. And I understand that. I understand that thought process. I would still go through with it because yeah. whatever. Well, I think Alabama, who does the morning show with us, is a good example. I mean, mm-hmm. she it's did wake up completely alone. Completely different. But she had a heart She had a, a much smaller elective procedure. Mm-hmm. But it's heart surgery, and she woke up alone. Now, granted, she's much younger. She doesn't even have family in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your mom needs to, she'll, she can do it. She just has to be kind of have, have a little pep talk. Yeah, so I don't know. She's weird like that. And I don't want to freak them out yet, but it's a week away, and, and hospitals here are doing that. Or it's one visitor, not even one visitor at a time. It's like one visitor only just to eliminate the amount of foot traffic into a hospital. Yeah, and this is, but this is one of those things where it's like, you want to have empathy and help your patients get cope and get through things like that. But at the same time, let's say the one person is your dad, right? Mm-hmm. Your dad can go visit your mom. I would assume that would be the person. Mm-hmm. But if, if your dad is that one person, he's going to and from in the hospital. So he leaves and he goes to see your sister, Ashley. Yeah. What's Ashley the point? Marie. Then at that point, you may as well just let everyone that your dad's come in contact with well, go the, to the hospital. And you I know? kept telling them before the idea about the hospitals maybe doing this. I said, you guys, you need to, like, not be around there. And I don't think you should be visiting her in the hospital. And they were like, are you kidding me? And I was like, why is no one agreeing with yeah. me on this? I said, you guys are being selfish. I think and it's it's such a dramatic way to to present this idea. But what's worse? Not seeing someone mm-hmm. for let's say let's say this even goes three months and we have to stay away from each other. Things shut down even more. The economy tanks even more. What's worse, waiting that time, but still, it's 2020. We can FaceTime. You can group FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Use Google the Hangouts or whatever app you use, WhatsApp, to see each other. So in reality, you're still having the same conversations. You're still seeing each other. The physical touch is removed. What's worse, dealing with that or Losing the worst case scenario, which is your selfishness selfishness in wanting to see someone or continue with your daily routine, killing someone that you love. Mm-hmm. And someone's going to probably be like, oh, you're buying into the panic. It's like, no, it's, no, it's not have, panic. It's you, called precaution. And you have to look at the risk factors yeah. and understand as an adult, these are decisions we have to make. And I keep thinking like, man, I wish I was a kid right now because you don't fully understand. Yeah, yeah. school's closed, but kids aren't really the well, problem right now. They really aren't contracting it. So they're not as scared as we are. No, and you brought up, Carla Marie, the uh, the comparison to 9-11 that... Mm-hmm. I wasn't that scared. Was it Chris Cuomo? Yeah. said, I, today, as a 30-something-year-old, feel more heartache when I think about 9-11 than I did the day it happened yeah. when I was 16 years old. Same. Um, because it was a 16, 15, whatever I was. And I still remember that day like it was yesterday. I still remember being in my high school class in my al- my algebra class, and it was towards the, I would take in every one of my classes, I would take a lap around our mm-hmm. our uh, campus because I just didn't want to be in class, and that's when I found out I was going through the library. I you probably were a said junior this. in high school. Yeah. So not fifteen. So sixteen or seventeen? No, no, because I June is my birthday, so I turned seventeen. Oh, uh, so you've been sixteen. Yeah, so I was sixteen years old, and I remember doing the lap around my second floor in Ridgewood High School because it actually we mm-hmm. used to do our indoor track there actually sometimes. Oh, cool. Um, and I went through I cut through the library, saw my track coach and they had one of those rollout TVs and it had the towers. And that's when I found out. So I remember the day exactly, but the emotion is different when you understand the implications and 
the fallout of such an event. Yeah. Because when you're 16, 15, whatever, don't, you don't really understand it. You don't but, have a 401k that you're watching go down. <laughs> is that what you're doing right now? I saw it yesterday and I was like, oh, yeah. man. I will say the good news is if you are not invested in the stock market, which I think 70% of Americans are not, and you yeah. have, if you have any extra money, this is kind of the time you start investing. I bought stocks this week. You And it's smart. That's how, when you think back to like a lot of the rich families, the uh, Kennedys, the Vanderbilts were a little earlier, but a lot of them either made their money in uh, illegal bootlegging and prohibition or the Great Depression. They were the families that still had enough so money to be, make. If I become rich, I'm changing my last name to Rockefeller. Oh, God. Did your voice crack? What's happening? You're tired and you've been talking for six hours. That's what's happened. Carla Marie Rockefeller. Who else is there that was rich? A lot. I mean, you want me to just start naming rich families? Yeah. Uh, Vanderbilt. I'm going to change it to Cooper because Anderson Cooper's mom was a Vanderbilt. Okay. Carla Marie Vanderbilt. Yeah. Yeah. But wouldn't see, I, I think that's dumb changing your name once you become super rich. I because then, now. Because that's like when people see you on Facebook or see like when I see people on Facebook who have different last names, I'm like, I forgot who this person even was. I know. You want the people who knew you back then to know that you're super rich now. Man. Right. If, if I become rich because of this. It's so messed up. Yeah, well, you're all, well, how much did you invest in the stock market this week? A hundred bucks? 40. 40 bucks. Okay, you're not going to become, no offense, unless you somehow hit big on a slot machine, you're not becoming rich with a $40 investment. You don't know that. At least not soon. I would imagine you bought Apple stocks in the 90s? Yeah. You bent one for $7? You'd be a millionaire. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't. You'd be a thousandaire. Exactly. You bought $70 in Apple stock in the 90s? Like, that's crazy to think. Also, you could make bets and you could make bets on coronavirus things. Like there was what? yesterday before March Madness canceled completely. You could yeah. have bet on it in Vegas to see they if it was going to be canceled. Yeah. So I have a hundred dollar bet sitting in Las Vegas right now for Seton Hall. For Seton Hall to win the national championship. So they lost. And here's <laughs> well, they didn't lose and they didn't win. So I think I think what Vegas is going to have to do is refund. They'll they'll probably refund within a certain window. So like you can't you have to come collect your money by blank date. And then at that point, if you don't collect your money, you lose it. But uh, my friend Steve was in Las Vegas before the college basketball season started. So we knew that Seton Hall was going to be pretty good. And I want to get to the Seton Hall thing and mm -hmm. the Rutgers thing, actually, too, in a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, so I think at the time, the odds were 60 to 1. So we have this Seton Hall group chat that we've had now for three and a half, four years. Yeah. Steve messaged everyone and said, hey, I'm in Vegas. Venmo me what, whatever That's cool. you want to put in. So I sent Steve 100 bucks. Which I think then gets, if we win, that's $6,000? Sure. Is that how, is that I, I'm doing Apple math in my head. Or is it $600? I don't know. But either way, I can't do math. I don't really know how bets work because I don't do sports betting. But now I have to figure out. I got $100 just sitting there somewhere, you know? Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work. And the fact that no one has told you yet is weird. Yeah. So Apple stock, when it first launched, was, it was like a dollar something. Yeah, and what is it now, 1000 It says the all-time high Closing price was three twenty seven. That's it for a stock. February twelfth, twenty twenty. So three hundred and twenty seven dollars. So if you put a hundred dollars in nineteen ninety, you'd have three hundred and twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, that's how investments work. <sighs> Start investing. Things are going back to like all time lows. Not I'm the band. Scoop it all up. Um, but yeah, let's. Can we talk about the Seton Hall Rutgers basketball heartbreak? Yeah, I got my um, Rutgers hat on today. It's I know. Bad. I was. I, was going to wear some Seton Hall stuff, and I just couldn't bring myself to do it because I was so sad. I know. I was going to ask you. We should have taken a picture, but. We could. I feel bad for my boys. You know, Geo Baker was going to take us all the way this year. Okay, he wasn't. But um, your team won two road games all season. 
Yeah, but you, know, bad teams. you don't know what was going to happen. No, and here's the crazy thing for Rutgers specifically. So you had not made the tournament since 91. 91. Technically, you have not made the tournament. That's true. We we so the, Can so, they do selection Sunday anyway? Well, the, people are thinking about it, actually, because there are streaks and there are, for coaches, there are also oh. bonuses. Like, I believe Kevin Willard gets a bonus. Yeah, but he shouldn't because they're not playing. Well, I mean, but he coached the team to the level that he should have. And for both teams, for different reasons, this season in New Jersey is just a tough basketball season. It is the best that New Jersey basketball has been in probably 30, 40 years. As a collective, Seton Hall had a good sure. Seton Hall had a good season, a Final Four season in '89. Then they had a couple of good runs in the early '90s. But Rutgers historically is just not a good basketball program. Princeton hasn't been good in a long time. Were they good? Princeton had yeah. There's the Princeton offense that in like I'm talking that's like the '40s and '50s. I think that was good. Um, but yeah, there hasn't been a lot of good basketball in New Jersey, which is crazy because it's such a hotbed for basketball recruits. They just don't stay in New Jersey. Yeah. I don't really know much about New Jersey basketball yeah. until this year. Well, so, so like, technically your streak, Carla Marie, mm-hmm. of however many years as a Rutgers fan of not making it to the NCAA tournament continues. Now I'm going to find out if that's true. Um, our streak, so Seton Hall. You don't, you lose. This is the first year, then you don't get in. We haven't made, we were, we were going to be, this would have been our sixth year in a row. Uh, nope. So asterisk for everybody. I know, year. it's crazy. They're going to have to do something. I really think, and I've talked They're to. They're going to be like, Rutgers, you would have been a one seed. Here. You wouldn't have been a one seed. But they're just going to lie. I think, I believe your highest seed that I saw would have been a eight or a nine seed. But you would have had to do pretty well in your Big Ten tournament. Which okay, are we done talking canceled. about basketball? We could be. I don't want to be. Okay, because we didn't talk about my improv showcase. Oh, yes. You actually, you did do very well, Carla Marie. What? You didn't tell me that yet. I just did. You it was did, so good. You did well. And I, th- I actually think so. Carla Marie's class, you were the 103 class. Mm-hmm. And then, and then right after 201 went on. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys were more entertaining than the 201 class, but the 201 had a, their job was a little more difficult because yeah. they had to host it themselves too, which we can speak to that. Hosting yeah. something and then also trying to have your personality shine through. It's hard. It's a, it's a balancing act. But if I get into 201, which I applied for, and then I got to host that game, we are going to well, crush it. Yeah, you're a host. You know, it is pretty great that I love being on the stage so much now that I've... Are you going to leave the microphone for the stage? I think so. For the little stage of improv? <laughs> I think so. Because there are like six people in the history of entertainment who have made like big, big money off of just improv. Tina Fey, Amy Poehler. Were they improv or were they sketch comedy? Improv. First? They created were they Second City. Oh, they did? Oh, Second City was Will Ferrell, I believe. I don't know about that. I just know well, about... Well, anyway, there's, the improv to stardom road like, is not because paved with gold. Just like Rutgers does. Now, when students go to WRSU, Rutgers Radio, they're like, do you know who started here? Carla Marie. So now, when people take classes at Jet City, they're going to be like, do you know who started here? Carla Marie. That well, girl, not yet. Yeah, not now. Like once I'm on SNL. Is that what you want to do? Because that's not no, improv. I know it's not. <laughs> I, yeah, and they come up with all their crazy ideas. I don't know how they do that. So I would need to be, I guess, just an actor. No, you realize what you do every morning is improv. Nope, my instructor said it's not. Why? Because he says you go into it with an idea of what your topic is. If someone called in and just said, talk about this now. Which, I mean. It has to be someone literally okay. in the moment, literally live. Just think about but that. what about the times where all of us are in the studio? Mm-hmm. Me, you, Alabama, English Evan. And, and like, right before, yeah. No, but sometimes we'll just go on the air. Yeah, that's true. That's t- You're just responding and reacting. And sometimes you say funny things. Sometimes you cry. Sometimes you get mad. Mm-hmm. We should be like, can I get an offer? Anyone, call in, give us a topic, and we go. 
The problem with that, though, is the, del- the delay in live radio from when we say something to when people well, hear it is like 40 seconds. Put a bunch of callers on hold and just pick someone up. Oh, Whatever okay. they say, we talk about it. Yeah, you know what's crazy? When you listen to live radio, you're technically listening to the past. It happened already. It did. Now, not long ago, like 40 seconds. Not as much as podcasts, though. Yeah, someone could be listening to this. In the future, when the we're dead. dystopian future of 2027. Man. So, yeah, I'm going to have to share some videos about with my improv. Oh, I did. And we, this is the one thing we did talk about on the radio, I think. I was like a stage dad. <laughs> Anthony so, sat in the front row in the middle seat, and I saw him. I was dying. And I took a video of every single thing Carla Marie did. It was cute. Like, you were like a dad. I was. And no one brought me flowers. I thought about it. I swear I did. But <laughs> in my efforts to not communicate or intermingle with anybody, I decided mm. I'm just going directly from my apartment to the, to the improv show. And you know what, what bothered pizza. me? Yeah, because I got there early. So they didn't sell flowers at the pizza place. You know what bothered me, though? What? We were supposed to do because that's when... A lot of the restrictions started coming out for the coronavirus to stop the spread of it. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to do every other seat. Some woman sat right next to me. Did and you tell her, was, ma'am? She was coughing. What? No, she she was also like, I think she was a smoker because she kind of smelled bad. Sorry if you're a smoker. People know you smell. Um, so maybe that was it. But she did cover her mouth and turned away and coughed on the other person, thankfully. But I want to be like, excuse me, ma'am, could you not sit next to me? This was about me and my showcase. Okay, continue talking then. I'm done. What else did you want to say? What what have you wanted to say about your showcase that you have not, Carla Marie? That my mom said I was the funniest one when she watched the videos. Well, that's because I didn't film everyone else. That's true. You only filmed my <laughs> scenes. No, you were good. And I think your your class in general was... Uh, Why was I good, though? A lot of it comes down to comfort is something that you can sense, right? If, if someone walks into a room, generally speaking, you can tell if that person is, is comfortable around you and is acting natural. I was so nervous, though, until and we started. Because of your job yeah. and what you've done for the past 10 years of your life, whether it's on stage, on TV, mm-hmm. on the microphone, on social media, you've lived a lot of your life in public, the very highs and the very lows. So I think for you, being on that stage in front of 100 people or however many people fit in that, mm. that theater isn't a big deal for you. You've been on stage at Madison Square Garden. Do you think my classmates are like, oh, she's so good? Well, I know when <laughs> I was in when I was I'm in kidding, 10, I know that. No, no, when I was in 101 and 102, people did come up to me and say, oh, you know, have you done improv before? Like you're you're so calm and blah. And, and I just say, our form of radio is very similar. Like a lot of the things they teach you in improv. Yeah, you you learn in radio. You realize, oh, I do that every morning, but we just don't call it this. Yeah. Um. And my friend Whitney from Improv may listen to this. So if you listen, Whitney. What? Uh, I didn't. I'm kidding. What? <laughs> I didn't say. I said, do you think my improv class thinks that I'm so good? I don't actually mean that. Well, they probably do. No, they don't. You were good. Whitney cracks me Which up. Which one most. was Whitney? Um, I told you who Whitney was and you said, oh, she was cute. Okay. Yeah. She had like, she had a. Uh, Super long hair. Dark hair, right? Yeah. Yeah. She had like very. And when I say cute, I don't even mean attractiveness. I mean, like, mannerisms. So if she's listening, no, no. she what does I, have cute mannerisms. Exactly. She does. It's actually something to say about something people say about Carla Marie a lot. Yeah. I, we are very similar in how we do things. Like, we'll both come to class and, like, hug each other. And it's like, now we can't because Corona. Well, yeah, don't do that anymore. But, well, no, we don't. Well, I had our last class on Wednesday, and I decided not to go because I was too scared. Did everyone else go to the class? Mm, everyone except one other person. P- probably pretty smart. Because like I said, the responsibility is staying home. The responsible thing to do is to stay home if you yeah. can stay home. Now, if you've got to go make your living, just isolate yourself. 
And for the love of God, wash your hands. Wash your hands and buy gift cards from small businesses. Yeah, we are going to, in the coming uh, days and weeks and however long this takes, we are going to figure out ways to help small businesses specifically affected here in the Seattle, Western Washington area. Um, but also, Carla Marie as the what's trending small business side hustle connector of the internet. Everything I've done for all these years finally adds up. It is all kind of coming together. So we are going to figure out ways to do that. We're also working with a t-shirt company to possibly make some shirts that, I don't know if they'll go to kids' lunches, people who kids who can't go to school anymore and get their free lunch, whatever, or teachers who are laid off. Well, we're going to figure out some sort of fund for people that are affected. Um, so Love it. stay in tune or stay in touch. Stay tuned in. Stay alert. Follow us on Instagram. <laughs> and wash your hands. Thank you. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. It's tough not to talk about the mm -hmm. fallout of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you had fun with us doing it. Yes. Wash your hands. Thank you for hanging out with us. And you can always email us at... Monday Friday Show at Gmail. Staying at a hotel is not the same thing as staying at the Fisher House. The Fisher House, I know, is a huge part of Lane's recovery. For somebody like my husband, for them to know that their family members are being taken care of, that's a huge burden off of them. So they can concentrate on their therapies. Just having that assurance that no matter what, as long as we were there for Anson, that someone would be there to take care of us. It took so much weight off our shoulders. How can you help? Go to fisherhouse.org.